Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, January 31st. It is a pleasure to bring this gentleman to our microphone, and we'd like to do this on a somewhat regular basis to talk education. As one of the leaders in education in our area, the superintendent of the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District, Dr. Kyle Mayer, on the other side of our table this morning. Kyle, good morning, and welcome to WHTC, sir. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me. Glad you are with us. If you have a question about the OAISD, its services, or about education in general, Kyle would be a good person to answer that question at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Kyle, I believe it's your first time with us on WHTC, so let's uh, find a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your background and how you came to become the superintendent of the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District. Well, thanks, Gary. I, I'm, my name is Kyle Mayer, and um, first of all, I'll start with my family. My wife, Melissa, is a teacher in Grand Haven, and I have a daughter, Sarah, son, Ryan, who are uh, freshmen in college, freshmen in high school. Uh, we live in Grand Haven Township, and I've been at the OAISD since 2008. I was an assistant superintendent until th- 2020 when I transitioned into the superintendency, and um, OAISD is a very special educational organization, in my opinion, one of the finest ISDs, if not the finest in the state of Michigan. And it's a great honor to be in this role and to be with you this morning. Now, for those who are not maybe savvy on the educational setup uh, in our state and in our area, the name itself, to a certain extent, might explain its purpose, then it might not. So Mm -hmm. let's get a little bit of a primer about exactly what is the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District, and what does it do? That is a great question. And be, when I'm out in the community, there are lots of misconceptions about what the ISD is and what we do. So, a uh, wonderful question. I think I'll start by saying um, there are 83 counties in the state of Michigan. There are 56 ISDs. So, one of the misconceptions is there's an ISD for every county. That, that is a misconception because our borders are different. So, for example, in Ottawa, Ottawa Area ISD, that word area has significance because the boundaries of the Ottawa Area ISD include portions of Allegan County. And what might surprise folks is um, Kent ISD, for example, um, their district um, includes portions of Ottawa County. And so just it might be helpful for the community to understand that ISD boundaries are not the same as county county boundaries. And so our district supports um, 11 traditional local education agencies from Coopersville in the northeast to Saugatuck in the southwest. And if you go on our website at oaisd.org, right on the front page, you'll see all the districts that we serve. We are a service agency um, supporting education from birth through adulthood in the Ottawa area, including portions of Allegan County. And our scope of work is very broad. Uh, and I'm sure we'll go into more depth on that as we as we get into this interview. But that's a kind of a high-level overview. Now, one thing that I believe the OAISD 
does for its member districts. It provides educational services for uh, for the entire district, the entire region, that would be financially prohibitive if each individual district had to do that. And then I'm talking about special needs, um, special education, um, technical education as well, Thompson. M-Tech is part of the OAISD umbrella, the Ottawa Area Center, Sheldon Pine School, early on. Many different programs the OAISD runs that, frankly, <clears throat> frankly, uh, uh, can't be done district by district. It'd be just prohibitive. That's well said. Uh, ISDs were, were created in Michigan by the legislature in 1962. And so we are 61 years old, and part of the rationale for the creation of ISDs was to realize economies of scale and efficiencies within the system of public education. So just as you said, uh, we focus um, in many areas. First of all, we are a school district ourselves. At the ISD, we do employ teachers and we have students, primarily in the areas of early childhood, special needs, career and technical education for both K-12 and adult. So where it makes sense, we bring students from across the area to specialized programs and directly provide education to students, whether they be, again, from early childhood through adulthood. And then we also provide many, many services to local school districts, including charter and private schools. So as it pertains to education in the Ottawa area, we are a direct provider of education, but also a service agency to every school district in this area. If you have a question about the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District, Dr. Kyle Mayer is the superintendent. He'll be happy to answer your question at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. One of the support aspects of the OEISD is the fact that many districts get their internet service connected through the OAISD. And I know uh, my experience dealing with Saugatuck, mm -hmm. it's part of the OAISD. And whenever I've had to uh, 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 use online services while doing a Saugatuck basketball or football game, you know, it's provided by the OAISD. That's just an example of what the district really does. Yes, that is one example of many, including also financial services for some of the districts. Um, that that we um, support. So we provide, in some cases, staff that handle the uh, finances for local districts. We also support communications, human resources. Um, and basically, um, we can be a resource to local districts in many different areas. Um, we also consult on um, curriculum and teaching and learning and what's happening in classrooms across the area with teachers and students. And um, always seeking to help increase student achievement within the OAISD. Talk a little bit about the district in terms of uh, its uh, setup with the individual districts. Do they have like a, a seat on the proverbial table when decisions are made district-wide, or is it a case of uh, the district comes in and consults with each, you know, each district for their own particular needs. How does that work, Kyle? Meeting with the local districts, understanding their needs and seeking to meet those needs is something we do on a daily basis. It takes the shape of many forms. One 
prime example would we be we have meetings at the ISD monthly for different um, groups, including superintendents, curriculum directors, special ed directors, finance directors, basically principals, school principals, teachers. Basically, um, we convene our local school district administrators and educators on a regular basis and have conversations about their needs and how the ISD can support those needs. After I leave here today, I'm going to go meet with Nick Cassidy at Holland Public Schools, and we're going to talk about how the ISD can be supportive of specific needs that Holland Public Schools has at this time. So that's just a regular part of doing business and a key reason why we exist as an ISD is to understand local district needs and seek to meet those needs. Now that's dealing with a K through 12 situation. What about beyond? We are perhaps, I believe the only ISD in the state or one of very few that runs an adult ed um, career and technical ed center. You may be familiar with uh, near the corner of 31 and Port Sheldon street. You mentioned earlier in the, in the interview, Thompson M tech. And there we provide career and technical education for adults who need upskilling, retraining, and high-wage, high high-skill um, jobs in our area. And also local employers reach out to MTech for corporate training, um, sometimes in the workplace. And so um, that's unique, I think, to the Ottawa ISD is that we um, are a provider of career and technical education, not only for high school students, and also K-12 students, really, but also for adults in our community. Let me ask uh, um, a question that might be ignorant, and I apologize that it is. Does the OAISD help in, shall we say, uh, uh, a vacuum that has been over the years where we don't have as many trade schools as before, that perhaps the OAISD helps in that regard? Am I am I barking up the wrong tree on that or no? No, you're barking up um, the right tree because um, expansion of career and technical education is one of our key goals at the OAISD. On our website, you'll find our strategic plan. We have five goal areas that we're focusing on with 23 objectives associated to those goal areas. And student success is number one. And within that goal area of student success, the expansion of career and technical education is one of our primary objectives. Over the last few years, we've experienced a wait list for some of our programs, um, specifically at the CareerLine Tech Center, also on our Port Sheldon campus there at the intersection of 31 and Port Sheldon Street. We have about um, somewhere in the range of 25 career and technical education programs in that school, primarily focused on 11th and 12th grade students. And we've had a wait list of uh, students who would like to access that program. There's more and more demand for career and technical education. And we are um, at this time engaged in multiple construction problems, renovating several buildings um, at the OAISD to expand programming. Beginning next fall, we will open a new health sciences wing in career and technical education. And for the next several years, we'll be opening um, more programs in career and technical education. One misconception is that trade school is an either or proposition and that students go to trade school or career tech ed don't go to college. That's a misconception. Almost all the students or vast majority of the students now who do participate in career tech ed also seek college education as they move forward in their lives. It seems as if it's more of a case of time more than money in terms of addressing the need for more uh, uh, trade education, isn't it? 
because let's put it this way. If you have the waiting list, uh, yeah, you'd like to fill that right away, but it takes time to build facilities and to get uh, everything there. So to a certain, and, and yes, money is also another factor as well, but still, you know, it, it, yeah. you'd like to not have a waiting list at all. <laughs> That's the goal. And we're going to get there um, in the next, in the next few years. Also, our local districts are partnering with us to expand work-based learning opportunities for high school students. And so not only at the CareerLine Tech Center facility, but in the community, in partnership with employers and families, we're expanding work-based learning opportunities, which offer uh, high school credit to students while they learn an occupation and engage with our local employers, gaining that valuable experience about what they have opportunities to do right here in the Ottawa area after they graduate from high school and perhaps college. 616-395-1450, a question for Dr. Kyle Mayer. He is the superintendent of the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District, 616-395-1450. I don't want to pin you down on any one thing or any two things, but I will ask this as we begin 2024. Yes, we're a month into it almost now, but as we go into 2024, the biggest challenge or perhaps the biggest goal that the OAISD would like to see achieved or make great progress in in 2024, what would that be? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I think the biggest goal is we're expanding access to programming for students, creating more personalized pathways to learning, and not just in career and technical ed, but in special needs education. Uh, if you're familiar with the shore, uh, the the um, I forget the name of the shopping mall on the on the, the, the old West Shore, yeah, the old the, West Shore mall, the shops at West Shore, yeah, um, right there between Coles and Hobby Lobby. We are also um, currently building a new facility um, for special needs students, and they are 18 to 26 year old students, um, commonly referred to as our Young Adult Services Program, and um, so that's one example of many where. Greatest um, challenge, but also greatest opportunity is expanding access to personalized learning options for students. Um, We're growing, and the needs are growing, and uh, we're rising to meet those challenges. So, indeed, uh, access to education and developing that access probably would be the best way of saying that that's that's a goal for the OAISD in 24. And in a personalized fashion, not a one-size-fits-all model. Okay. One other thing, too, and again, this might not be technically in the OISD's bailiwick. Yes, Grand Rapids Community College does provide its Lakeshore campus. But the fact that this county does, and Allegan County, too, does not have a community college of its own. How much of an obstacle or really not much of an obstacle is that in education right now? It's an interesting time to ask that question, and that's a conversation that's been going on in this community for going on 20 years now. Um, In fact, um, when Amanda Price was state representative uh, from this area, she was instrumental in helping get a law changed that would allow one school district at a time to annex with um, a community college of their choosing. So, for example, um, Grand Rapids Community College. So um, if any community in any school district within the Ottawa area chose to take a ballot question to their community and were able to approve the tax rate that is consistent with what Kent County taxpayers are paying for a community college, 
they would have the opportunity to access in-district tuition rates at a community college. That option exists today. Um, none of our communities within the OAISD have chosen to exercise that option yet, but the conversation is ongoing. And it's further, um, I, won't, I don't think complicated is the right word, but a factor in this conversation is that the governor announced at her State of the State address um, re very recently um, a desire to make community college universal and free of charge for all Michigan high school graduates and taxpayer funded. Um, whether or not the legislature will move forward and fund that is going to be um, an ingredient in this conversation about whether or not um, task, ta taxpayers in this area are asked that question. Uh, will we have you here? I do have a general education question uh, that uh, I'd like for you to address. Um, on our wire service, we have a story here. The rate of students chronically missing school got so bad during the COVID-19 crisis that it will be likely 2030 before classrooms return to pre-COVID norms. That's according to a new report. But even that prediction rests on optimistic assumptions about continuing improvement in the coming years. The report, based on available data, from 39 states by the American Enterprise Institute calls chronic absenteeism school's greatest post-pandemic challenge. And the report, one of two separate studies of chronic absenteeism released today, further underscores the enormity of a national crisis that are hindering students' ability to recover academically from the pandemic. And a second analysis shows a substantial increase in the share of districts where at least 30% of students missed 18 or more days of school. Dr. Mayor, I want to bring this closer to here. Is this a problem that districts within the OAISD is encountering, or are we not really in that particular curve? Now, we have experienced um, an increased challenge in absenteeism, but I wouldn't describe it as a crisis. And I think part of the reason that maybe um, the challenge is not as acute here in Ottawa area is that during the pandemic itself, our districts um, were open for in-person instruction um, to a greater degree than most schools around the nation and even around the state. I mean, there were some um, districts that were in remote learning for, I believe, a full academic year and maybe even more. And um, during the worst um, uh, year of the pandemic, if I recall correctly, our districts were open for in-person learning for something like 150 out of 180 days. So we worked really hard to keep school open for in-person learning and experienced uh, less of a disruption in terms of the norm of going to school and the regularity of that for families and students. Now, having said that, I, I do know, and I don't, I didn't come with the data, but I do know that we have experienced an uptick in absenteeism, and we at the ISD have uh, hired additional um, staff to support local districts with that specific issue. It's, and we're working on the approach to that issue in new ways, seeking to be less punitive to students and to be more um, collaborative with families and parents about what are the obstacles to being in school on time each and every day, and how can we help you overcome those obstacles 
So perhaps at a later show, we could focus on the specifics of uh, those individuals at the ISD in partnership with local district and families who are working every day on that issue. But I feel good that we have um, less acute problem than other places in the state and nation and that we have great people working on that and working on it in the right way in partnership with families. Let me follow up on the aspect of remote learning, which really was, shall we say, booted into high gear during the COVID-19 outbreak that maybe came earlier than people thought it would. We saw the signs during the 2010s of the growth of remote learning more and more. It was sort of put into the front burner because we couldn't get the kids to school. There were, there were, there were, there were health protocols needed to be done. And maybe it pushed this remote learning aspect ahead before it was really ready. What is the district doing to maybe learn the lessons from the COVID-19 situation so that remote learning can become more of a viable option, not a requirement, but a viable option for districts? You know, remote learning may have its place. We have charter schools within the Ottawa Area ISD who specifically focus on remote learning, and their families have chosen that method for their children. And that may um, be the right fit for some students in some circumstances. But on the whole, um, the, the research has shown that, student, that students who were in remote learning um, experienced the greatest um, academic uh, regression or lack of progress during the pandemic. Um, ha ha being open for in-person school is critically important. And that's why we worked so hard to do that during the pandemic and we'll continue to do so. It's not just, um, you know, school is about more than delivery of content. It's about relationships. It's about socialization. Um, and it's about caring for one another, um, educators to students, students to students, um, there's there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into quality um, public school, and um, it's difficult, if not impossible, to replace that in a remote scenario. So um, I'm not saying that there's no place for remote learning. Um, it has its time and place, but in general, um, I feel, we feel that in-person quality public education is important for the growth and development of students. If you want more information about what the Ottawa Area ISD is all about, as well as programs and services that uh, might, might need, go online to oaisd.org. That is oaisd.org. He is Dr. Kyle Mayer. He is the superintendent of the Ottawa Area Intermediate School District. It is a pleasure to chat with you, sir. Our first conversation I hope it's not our last, and we'd like to get you on uh, sort of like on a half-a-year basis or so to catch up on things with the district and on education in general. Thank you, sir. I would welcome that, and thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kyle Mayer, on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. CBS News with Deborah Rodriguez straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. A little bit of open line ahead of Brian Spencer's What's New Around Holland. Then at the bottom of the hour, we'll meet the new leadership team at Holland Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.